your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, July 22nd, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. You know, of course, you can always find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. Definitely appreciate each and every one of you who reaches out by way of Twitter. Also appreciate each and every one of you who reaches out on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, uh, either with a message or a text message is 707 654 4693. Got a lot of feedback that I want to get to on today's show. That's going to come up in segment number three. In segment number two, had a really, really good question that was thrown out there on Twitter, as a matter of fact, by a really good listener, Jeff Barnett, at One Nation Only on Twitter, uh, talking about the Hall of Fame, talking about Charles Woodson, and talking about players that have been drafted by the Raiders basically since Seawood was drafted back in 98. I'll explain more of that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, just hit you with the news and the notes of the day as I always do. And off top, Raider Nation, I'm very excited. On uh, on Wednesday, I was approved by the Hall of Fame for my credentials. I put in my credentials, the request for them, very, very late. It was supposed to be, I think, July 1st was supposed to be the last day that you could put it in. And I literally put it in, I believe, on Monday. And so, you know, very late, but I kind of explained to them why I was late to the party and let them know that, uh, you know, of course, I was going to be representing the radio station, Raider Nation Radio 920, and also the Lockdown Raiders podcast, and that there's three Raiders going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Coach Tom Flores, of course, Charles Woodson, and super fan Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator. And so they said, hey, you know, we can't guarantee anything, but we'll do the best we can. And lo and behold, on a Wednesday afternoon, I got an email saying, credentials approved. I got approved for the Enshrinees Gold Jacket Ceremony. That's on Friday, August 6th at the Canton Memorial Civic Center, 6.30 p.m. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's basically when these guys are getting their gold jackets after they've been fitted for it and they, they put it on for the first time. I also got approved for the Canton Repository Grand Parade. That's Saturday, August 7th at downtown Canton. That is 8 a.m. in the morning. I didn't go to that the last time I was at the Hall of Fame. I was actually doing a radio show during that parade. And so that's probably what I'll try to do again. I'll try to do some kind of radio show as a dedication and, uh, you know, kind of a tribute to Coach Flores and and Charles Woodson, of course, Wayne Mabry as well. But uh, either way, I got approved for that. Then the Centennial Class of 2020 Enshrinement, which is Saturday evening, August 7th at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. 6 30 p.m that's going to be a lot of fun that's just the centennial class so the centennial class is going to go in on uh, on saturday night and of course they got to split it up because there's so many people there's so many players there's so many coaches that are all going to be going in because it's two years worth of of folks going into the hall of fame so the centennial class is going in on saturday got approved for that also got improved uh sunday august 8th in shrinees roundtable uh, that's a lot of fun. That's kind of when you get there and, and you're able to have a little Q&A session with these guys. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's Sunday, August 8th. And then the Class of 2021 enshrinement Sunday evening at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium at 7 p.m. So a locked and loaded lineup. Now, that was the hard part. Well, that was actually probably the easiest part. Now the hardest part is making sure that I get my uh, flights all together. Uh, I also got to make sure that I get my uh, rental car all together, and I got to make sure I get my hotel all together. And, hey, by the way, it's only right around the corner, so I got to get that done quick, fast, and hurry. But uh, I'm expecting to be in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame ceremony, which, please believe, Raider Nation, is off the chain. 
So that was my good news. But it wasn't as good as the news that 49ers linebacker Fred Warner received on Wednesday. He got a five-year extension from the team worth more than $95 million. With $40.5 million in guarantees, making him the highest paid inside linebacker in the league. The 49ers confirmed the contract extension, so that's a done deal records. And I'm telling you, this dude is an absolute stud. I don't think I really have to tell you about that. He's averaged 122 tackles per season the first three years in the league that he's been in the league. And uh, he's just an absolute stud. Now, when Darius Leonard and the Colts decide to get that contract extension done with him, he'll make more money than Fred Warner, but still 49ers linebacker Fred Warner got paid in a major way. And it's funny right after he got paid and the announcement of him getting paid, a tweet came in to me uh, at your boy Q two five four by a really good listener at L Yimmy on Twitter. And he said with Fred Warner getting that mega deal, we drafted PJ hall and Brandon Parker instead. Is it time we take a look at the disaster Reggie McKenzie was for the Raiders? He literally had one good draft passed up on so many good players and reached for crap. Players aren't even in the league anymore. 2017, Raiders drafted Conley and Obi, a.k.a. Bigfoot. Uh, he says you could have had T.J. Watt and Alvin Kamara. That's on Reggie and his team. Time we bring up what happened in the past instead of blaming Carr. It's the low-hanging fruit. And thank you for that tweet, first of all. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's very valid. And it's it's a lot easier to go back after the draft is over and look back and say, oh, who was the next person taken or who was the next couple people taken? But you're right. Conley and Obi, a.k.a. Bigfoot, I mean, those, those were two rough picks. And I thought that Obi had an opportunity to be somebody, but Conley I never believed in. And if you want to take it back a year before that, 2016, how about that? that how about the Raiders take Jihad Ward in the second round and could have taken I don't know Derrick Henry <laughs> the Titans took Derrick Henry the very next pick number 45 overall the Raiders had selected Jihad Ward and I remember sitting there at the draft thinking why did you just pass on Derrick Henry no way that he's going to be available in round three and man it was only one pick later then the Tennessee Titans jumped up and took Derrick Henry and well we all see the beast that he is now and uh, that's just incredible but uh, yeah I mean it's it, again you can go back through the history of the Raiders and actually it's funny we'll talk about the draft coming up in segment number two you can go back in the history of the Raiders and just look at the guy that they drafted and then the guy that was a couple picks or the very next pick afterwards and it's always easier to say oh yeah that would have been a lot smarter but TJ Watt would have been a good one obviously Alvin Kamara would have been a good one Derrick Henry would have been a good one Raiders got none of those guys instead they got Conley Obi Mellon Fonwu, aka Bigfoot, and then Jihad Ward. <laughs> so there you go. I guess the one great saving grace for Reggie McKenzie is that no GM, no head coach, nobody who's in that draft war room gets it right 100% of the time. A lot of times they go, guys go back and look and say, what were we thinking? When we took that guy, but I mean, it is what it is. It just, it happens, but the Raiders have had uh, a pretty bad history and Reggie McKenzie, like you said, had one really good draft where he knocked it out the park and then that was about it. Also, tonight, Darren Waller, he's going to have his football camp. It's going on at All-American Park here in Vegas. Uh, very excited about that. It's going to be an event that's going to start at about 6.45. Well, the camp's really going to be from about 7 to 9 p.m. tonight under the lights because it's just too stinking hot to have it. But grades 3 through 8. They're going to have about 100 kids from all over the city, including the historic West Side and East Las Vegas. Uh, basically, what they're saying is the city's areas of greatest need is where these kids are all going to be coming from. And Darren Waller putting on this uh, event is going to be really, really cool. So I'm excited about that because I'll be able to interview Darren Waller. So uh, looking forward to that. We'll talk to him tonight. I don't know if it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one setting. I don't know if it's going to be a group session. But I do know for a matter of fact that I will be talking to Darren Waller. And you will hear that conversation coming up on the podcast tomorrow so looking forward to Darren Waller and his football camp going on tonight 
And speaking of talking to folks, I had an opportunity to talk to former Raiders safety Van McElroy on Wednesday. He was Super Bowl 18 winner with the Raiders under Coach Tom Flores. He was on Raider Nation Radio 920. Had a good 20-minute conversation. I'm not going to bring the whole thing to the table like I have with the Marcus Allen conversation and the Tim Brown conversation. I mean, those are HOFers. Those are guys with gold jackets. So they they deserve the whole conversation. But I did want to play a little snippet for you of Van McElroy talking about Coach Tom Flores and also talking about Charles. Charles Woodson. So off top, you're going to hear me ask about Coach Flores, a follow-up question about Flores, and then uh, another question about C. Woods. So it's about four or five minutes long, but here's Van McElroy from Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday. Coach Flores, he's finally getting his time to shine. He's finally getting into the the Hall of Fame, and it's been too long, but uh, he's going to get the roses, and it's coming up really soon. How excited are you to see him get inducted into the Hall of Fame, a guy that you played for and won a Super Bowl with? Not only did I play for him, but he traded for me towards the end of my career up to Seattle and brought me up there and Mm -hmm. allowed me to be part of that team and help them. But, no, the guy's a stud. And uh, Gail and I were going to drive up and go to the uh, go watch him, and we're going to go up there for four nights and enjoy it, and, and make sure that we're a part of everything, and and just enjoying his, you know, his time because it is his time, and and he's deserved it for a long time. But you know what? Better late than never. It's great, and I'm excited for him, and you know, just his coaching style. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of them like him today. Uh, he was very, you know, you have those people in your life, sometimes it's a mother or father, but in this case, you know, you just stand next to the guy and you just felt comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, confident. I, it's hard to explain, but there was never a time where you just felt like, you know, you can't do something, you know, when you were in his midst. And, and I, that's an aura that, that is hard to get as a coach, but man, he had it, guys. He really did. Talking right now with former Raider Van McElroy, uh, won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 18 with the Raiders, with Coach Tom Flores. And, you know, we had Marcus Allen on a couple days ago, and I asked him about Coach Flores, and he said one thing about him is he was always calm, he was always cool and collective. You, your team never panicked because Coach Flores never panicked. Is that is that kind of the, the sense that you got from him as well? Absolutely. I mean, if you go to the sideline and you just have, you know, your head guy just yelling and, you know, just doing all the stuff, right? All, it, it just keeps you stressed out. But when you have, you know, you can get that from your D.C., you know, or maybe your position coach, but but you have that guy that's just standing there, and you go, and, and maybe there's some decisions that are being made, and you're sitting there, and and the guy was just cool, collect. I mean, he had a he really had a feel for not only the game, but he had a feel for players. He treated us like men. And, you know, a lot of the things that the Raiders did, he had a lot to do with. I mean, just win, baby. You know that that motto. You know, it, it, you could do kind of what you wanted to if you just won, and, and we did a lot of winning, so we had a lot of fun. I mean, I'm just telling you, it was a. I cannot tell you that team with Tom and and the guys. I could go down the list of, you know, whether it was Howell, Rod Martin, Ted Hendricks, you know, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes. Todd, I mean, then you go the offense, Matt Millen, you know, Jeff Barnes, Kim, all, all these guys who were all studs, and they go on the offensive side of the ball, and you just name, you know, you talk about Marcus, but there's a bunch of guys over there. And what a great group of guys. And then you have a head coach that knew, because uh, he had played, really understood as a player that, you know what, you know, let these let these men be men. Let them have a little fun, but at the same time let them know 
when it's time to play, you know, it's time. And, and, and that's kind of what we really in, enjoyed doing was enjoying each other. But at the same time, when, when we were on the field, it was time to get after it. And, and he really let us do those things, if that makes sense. No, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And like I said, kind of echoes what Marcus was saying about him. Just, hey, we're not going to panic because our head coach isn't panicking. So even when we're not having a good game, we're going to go ahead and, and still do what we got to do because he's he's calm, cool, and collective. I, I did want to ask you about Charles Woodson, first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think anyone was surprised by that. But just from what you were able to see from a, from a guy who created a bunch of turnovers as well, just, just seeing what C. Wood was able to do over the course of his very long career, uh, what were your thoughts on him and how excited are you that he's going into the Hall in his first ballot? First, I'm extremely excited because the guy deserved it, and he's a stud. You know, I watched him and watched his style of play and tried to, you know, implement some of the things that my skill sets would would, would allow to, to do and, 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 you know, in his game. But the guy was just so overly talented. He could really play any position back there. But he, he was – he really had a nose for the ball. He just – he seemed to always put himself in a position to make a play. And, and that's that's a big phrase there, and it's pretty general, but it's very difficult to do, guys. And, and, you know, you hear it sometimes, but this guy was the best at that. He really was. I mean, there are people that had that ability to, to just put themselves always in the best position to make a play. And there's, there are a lot of guys that seem to always kind of always be a little behind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just kind of – they might make the play, but it was a little late. It was, and it, 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 it might have been a great play, but this guy, you know, went beyond the great play and just made the super great plays. And and so, yeah, the guy's a stud. Uh, very, he speaks well for the, you know, for the, for the safeties and and what have you. And and so, I'm just excited for him, man. He's he, he just a stud. It'll be cool. And I, and I actually got invited to go to one of his parties too while I'm up there. And, so that'll be fun to uh, uh, just go love on him a little bit and take his hand and, and what have you guys. So there it was right there. Just a quick snippet, four or five minutes. Van McElroy, really good safety for the Raiders, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl 18, a guy who created a ton of turnovers in his career, over 30 interceptions uh, under his belt. Really good dude, man. Just a great player and uh, fun to talk to. Again, it was about 20 minutes long of the conversation. You can always check out the website, lvsportsnetwork.com, if you want to check out that conversation. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, got a question that was sent to me by way of Twitter about the Hall of Fame, about Charles Woodson, about the players that have been drafted since Charles Woodson, and we'll get into that conversation in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. And this episode is definitely being brought to you by rockauto.com. They do a really good job of taking care of you. And when I mean taking care of you, I mean getting you the parts that you need for your car, but getting them at a price that's very reasonable. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. You can get them at rockauto.com and you can save a few dollars. And that's what it's all about, right? We're all looking for ways to save money these days. And rockauto.com is going to help you do that. They've got every single kind of part that you need for your car. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. Does not matter what it is. They've got it. They've got you covered. Rockauto.com. 
It's real simple. You go to the website, you look for all the parts you need, boom, you order them, you pay for them, and then they're delivered directly to your door. So no hassle, no headache, no any of that. No frills, no thrills. Boom, bada boom, bada bing. It's simple, just like that. RockAuto.com. When you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write Locked On Raiders Podcast. You do that, they'll know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car's ever going to need is at RockAuto.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into a conversation based off a tweet I received from Jeff Barnett on Wednesday on Twitter at One Nation Only. Says, good morning, Q. I hope your meeting yesterday went well, talking about with the Raiders, and actually that got pushed back because of Mark Bedane resigning and stepping down. So I think they had a few more things that were a little bit more important than meeting with me. So that got pushed back. I'll let you know how it goes after I do finally talk to him. But I will be doing the show today, Vinny Bonsignor's show in the huddle. I will be doing it from the Raiders facility from 3 to 5 p.m. So uh, that's a, a little side note. But anyway, going back to the tweet, he says, man, talking to those Hall of Famers must have you pinching yourself, LOL. But it got me thinking. Seawood, drafted in 98. What player wearing the silver and black since then do you think should be the next to get into the hall? Gannon would be my pick. But secondly, what player drafted by the Raiders since Seawood do you think deserves entry? In my opinion, Carr doesn't deserve it yet, but there's no one even close to him on that list, which in itself kind of explains the decades of losing. Anyways, thought that'd be a good topic for discussion. Have a great day. Go Raiders. Then he hit me back one time and said, oh, actually, Janikowski and Leckler may make it in, but the odds are against kickers. Again, that's tweets from Jeff Barnett at One Nation Only on Twitter. So off top, thank you for the tweet. I definitely appreciate that. Anytime we could have a discussion based off something we've been talking about or something you heard, it's on your mind, and you hit me up by way of Twitter or the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, I, I would love to discuss it. And so, uh, again, thank you for that. Now, on to the subject at hand. Uh, there hasn't been any players drafted really since C. Wood, and there's a couple, and I'll get to them in a minute. But really, since 98, since Charles Woodson, who was a no doubt about it, obviously he earned it, but he he worked his tail off to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, as he'll be going in the weekend of August 8th. And hopefully, if everything goes correctly, I'll be there and can't know how to check that out. And I'll finally get that Charles Woodson interview. But back to your conversation. Um, Gannon, in my opinion, is not a Hall of Famer. Gannon is a guy that I could see the Raiders putting into a ring of honor. You know, if they were to have a ring of honor at the new stadium, I could see them putting Rich Gannon in there. Absolutely. No doubt about it. He was a hell of a player. But, you know, the Raiders have had a ton of really, really good players. But think about it. I mean, think about the last Raider quarterback that was put into the Hall of Fame. You're talking about the snake. Rich Gannon is not on the snake's level. You know what I mean? Rich Gannon did it for a small period of time consistently because again throughout the course of his career he wasn't even a starter all the time he was a backup a lot of time including in Kansas City before he became the Raiders starter so Rich Gannon's run was very short as a guy who was a MVP he was an MVP the one year with the Raiders so no Rich Gannon's not a Hall of Famer he would be a, a guy that I would say if if you know if the team was just gonna going to put a ring of honor together or put a, a, a jersey number up in the stadium. I can see them doing that for Rich Gannon. But at the same time, remember what Rich Gannon's number is, 12. And the Raiders don't retire numbers. So there's that. Because if they did retire numbers, Rich Gannon would have never wore 12. Because, <laughs> again, that would have gone back to the snake. So And, and it's so funny. And, and I kind of like that the Raiders don't retire numbers, even though at the same time you look at numbers, you'll see someone with an 81, and you think, man, that's Tim Brown. Or you see 32, and you think of Marcus Allen. You know, it's like, I don't know. 24, obviously, has been the greats, many greats. But, I mean, the Raiders, again, they just don't 
retire numbers. So as far as guys that have been drafted since C. Wood, and I actually had to go back and look at the history of the Raiders draft. And believe me, it was about 14 pages long. But of course, all I really cared about was from 98 on. And there hasn't been a lot of There hasn't even been a lot of really good players drafted. There's been okay players, there's been good players, and there's been a lot of, well, guys that just really weren't that good at all, you know? I mean, even if you look at just the very next class in 99, I mean, Roderick Coleman was the best player drafted in that 99 class. He ended up with 58 and a half career sacks throughout the course of his career. He was a fifth-round draft pick, but he was really good. Then you, you mentioned Shane Leckler, and I do think and Shane Leckler is, has gone into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, which is great. He was a really good uh, Aggie at, at Texas A&M, and of course a really, really good uh, punter in the course of his career throughout the NFL with the Raiders and with the Houston Texans. Janikowski, we all know the history of him, but I don't think, to be honest, as much as Janikowski was a fan favorite, I don't think Janikowski was ever a Hall of Fame-worthy kicker he was a really really good kicker he was fun he had a strong leg he was a guy that you always felt like once the Raiders crossed the 50 yard line he could be in range but doesn't necessarily mean that he was that accurate all the time again he was a he was a fan favorite there's not a whole lot of teams that have kickers where the fans are wearing their jerseys in the stands right but Janikowski always had a bunch of you saw number 11 in the in the stands all the time and now you see number 11 jerseys because of Henry Ruggs, but that that was Sebastian Janikowski. That was Seabass's number. So I don't think that Seabass is a Hall of Famer. I think that Shane Leckler has an opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame. I can see that. I, I just don't think that Seabass will, will get in. And besides that, there's nobody except for Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack right now who's still playing, and I think he still has work to do. I was actually discussing this topic uh, at, red, at the radio station on Wednesday uh, with my producer, Damon. He, uh, he, he was just asking me what I thought about it because I, I told him, I read him the tweet, and uh, he started asking me what I thought about it, and the first person that came to mind for him was Khalil Mack, and I said, yeah, he's got 70 and a half career sacks. That's great, but he still has work to do. You know, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of playoff success. Obviously, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. I think that he still needs to get more sacks under his belt. I think he needs to be closer to 100, and I think he's going to have to really make a nice deep run into the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. He's a really good player. He's a guy that the Raiders could really use every single Sunday, every single Monday, Thursday, whatever the day of the week is that they're playing. They could use him, but he still has work to do to get into the Hall of Fame. So besides that... I mean, I got a handful in my hand right now. I got all these different names of, of guys they've selected, and they're just, they just don't do a whole lot for me. They just really don't. I can go through and name all these names and just really kind of bore you. 2003 first-round pick, Namdi Asamoah. Rest of that cat class, how about Tyler Brayton, Tao Johnson, Sam Williams, Justin Fargus, Sharon Pearson, Doug Gabriel, Dustin Reichert, Sadiq Shabazz, Ryan Hogue. I mean, you know, not a lot of success there. Philip Buchanan, 2002 first-round pick. Napoleon Harris, first-round pick. Langston Walker, Doug Jolly, Kenyon Coleman, Keon Nash, Larry Ned, Ronald Curry. Remember these guys? I mean, yeah, decent players, even some good, but just not just outstanding game changers. Really wasn't. 2005, Kirk Morrison, talked to him the other day, third-round pick. Really good player, not a Hall of Famer. 2006, they go out and get... Michael Huff in the first round. I thought that was a good pick out of Texas. Turned out to be not so much. Thomas Howard talked about him the other day with Kirk Morrison. Really good player. Not uh, over-the-top type game changer. Darnell Bing was in that draft. I mean, there's just 2007, Jamarcus Russell, Quentin Moses, Zach Miller, 
Johnny Lee Higgins, Michael Bush, John Bowie, Oren O'Neill, Jonathan Holland. I mean, cats like that. Just not a lot of studs. They just haven't had that. And, I mean, the, the, the really good franchises, they find depth. They find really good players in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round. It doesn't matter. They get them. You know, and, and unfortunately for the Raiders, they've had a struggle when it comes to hitting in the draft. And teams that have to spend a lot of money in free agency are the teams that do exactly what, unfortunately, the Raiders have done for quite a while, and that's struggle in the draft. And you hope with Mike Mayock and the skins on the wall that he has as far as being, you know, that NFL network dude that was the draft was his specialty, you're hoping that it continues to get better and they start to turn the corner, and they start to build that depth. That's the thing. That's how you have a really good team. We've talked about it before. If you can draft really well, and you can find some guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round, you could build a roster that's going to be good for quite a while. I mean, you got Max Crosby in, what, the fourth round? You know, Hunter Renfro was the late-round guy. There's there's dudes, you know, and, and of course, I can't talk about this year's draft because we haven't seen any of the guys yet out there on the field. But if you can hit on a few third-round, fourth-round, and fifth-round picks, I know you only get a four-year deal with them, but either way, you'll gladly pay that money if they can step up and play. I'm excited about what Max Crosby could do this year going into year three of a four-year deal, and he already has 17 sacks under his belt in two seasons. He's on a better pace than Khalil Mack. I believe Khalil Mack, after two seasons in the league, and I'm not trying to say he is Khalil Mack because Khalil had a lot of different tools on his tool belt, and he was really good against the run. He was obviously really good against the pass. I mean, he, he just was a hell of an athlete. He was a hell of a player with the silver and black. But I believe after two seasons in the league with uh, the Raiders, he only had 15 sacks. So Max is doing better than that. I think this year he's in for a, a really big year, especially with Unique Ngakwe across from him. Or, or whoever's across from him when he's in the game. I just think that there's more talent along that defensive line. But, I mean, to answer your question, Jeff, no, the Raiders don't and haven't drafted Hall of Famers. You know, again, if Khalil Mack goes out there and balls out for the next few years, makes a nice deep playoff run or wins the Super Bowl and gets about 100 sacks, then, yeah, he'll probably be in the Hall of Fame. But Derek Carr, going into year eight, he's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he's not. Rich Gannon was a really good player, not a Hall of Famer. Maybe Leckler gets in. Maybe Janikowski gets talked about a few times, but I just don't think that he's a Hall of Fame guy. If there's a Hall of Fame guy that the Raiders have drafted that you think that I'm missing out on, maybe I went through the, the draft and I didn't, I, I skipped over a guy, I glossed over a guy on accident, let me know about it. 707-654-4693, at your boy Q254 on Twitter. I'm all good with that. I just don't see it. So let me know, outside of Charles Woodson in 98, he's going into the Hall of Fame really quick, fast, in a hurry. Matter of fact, a couple weekends from now, who have the Raiders drafted that you consider to be Hall of Fame material? And if you're talking about Khalil Mack, we've already mentioned him. <laughs> 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball, that is what we're looking at right now. They are back from the All-Star break, and it is in full effect NBA, it's over. The Bucks are the champions. NHL, it is over. UFC, MMA, that is going on each and every weekend. NFL is right around the corner. College football is right around the corner. Before the next pitch, the next home run, the next uh, submission, knockout, whatever you will call it, whatever you're looking at, whatever sporting event it is, before it happens, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines. Get into the game. 
Head on over to the website, using your mobile device or laptop, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How you get that? You got to use the promo code Locked On. That's how you get the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Drew in the 650. He's calling to talk about roster battles and who he's looking at in particular. Here he is, Drew in the 650. What up, Q? Drew from the 650. Congrats on the new gig. Listen, I'm calling in the sound off about roster battles like that previous episode. I think when it comes time to make cuts, Gruden is going to be pulling for all of the offensive weapons he can keep. That's just what he does. And you and I both know there's a world where Sneed and Brown both stick around to receive. And then there's Jalen Richard. He's an awesome piece. Made a ton of plays for the silver and black, but he's owed a lot of money for a third back. And even Carr said, skill sets pretty similar to Kenyon Drake. So we, we keep him too. I mean, I'd be okay with all that. I'm just saying. We keep all these weapons. Our depth on defense could be an issue. <laughs> with Daryl Worley, or that special teams guy down with it, they're ever starting at free safety this year. I'm going to go full Philly sports fan and be calling for some heads roll in the front office. I don't think I'd be the only one either. So thanks, and would love to get your feedback about the shards the depth on the defense. There he goes. That's my guy, Drew, in the 650. Thank you for the call. And I could see... Gruden maybe wanting to keep both Brown and Snead around just because, you know, they're they're dynamic players. But my gut feeling tells me one stays and one goes. Uh, as far as Richard, I felt for a while he's on his way out. He kind of scrubbed his social media of all the way from all the Raiders stuff. And then, you know, he's been chirping on Twitter a little bit. But then at the same time, he basically is saying that what he's chirping about has nothing to do with the team. So I don't really know what's going on with Jalen Richard. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to be on on the outs. And uh, Daryl Worley, that's a name that no one ever wants to hear again. <laughs> that's a name that nobody in Raider Nation wants to hear that the Raiders just made a move for to bring him in because they have so much injuries that, uh, you know, that they had to bring him back. Uh, Nevin Lawson, he's a guy that he, he could be on the outside looking in. He's suspended again to start the season, but he's been suspended to start the season multiple times and he's still been on the team. So who knows if he's going to stick around or not, but there's definitely some guys to pay attention to and watch and look for moving forward as far as training camp goes, which gets started next week. Up next, I got a text from Jimmy S. in Houston. Q, I'm listening to Wednesday's podcast and the call with the constructive criticism, and you said you like hearing it, so I've got a minor one for you. <laughs> it's not a huge deal, but most of the time you say either way, it makes me twist my head a bit because I think nevertheless or regardless fit better. <laughs> to me, either way is only for a choice between two things. Regardless, I love the podcast. There's no other podcast I listen to daily but yours, and I'm very happy for your success in Las Vegas. That's from Jimmy S. in Houston. Thank you so much for the text, my man. And I, yay, hey, you know, it, it's just me. Nevertheless, it's probably a word you'll never hear me say, except for right now. And regardless, it's probably a, another word you very rarely hear me say. I just don't have the same, I just don't, I'm not cut from the same cloth. I'm just me. I can do everything and I can keep in my head consciously what I should do. But at the end of the day, it's always going to be just me. So I do appreciate the criticism. It's always good. Uh, but I just can never hear myself saying something like nevertheless or regardless. So I guess I got to stick with either way is my, my go-to. But I do appreciate you, Jimmy. 
Good looking out. Uh, let's go to another text real quick from Keegan from Vancouver, Washington. What's up, Q? It's Keegan from Vancouver, Washington. The hiring of Gus Bradley and bringing in a new scheme has been a hot topic this offseason. I think most of Raider Nation would agree the new scheme fits the roster better and no doubt makes our defense better. Then I started thinking how the change of scheme will make it harder for teams to prepare for us early on. They might have film on Gus Bradley's defenses, but they don't have film of the silver and black running that scheme. Add the advantage with the one and only Raider Nation at Legion Stadium, and off to the playoffs we go. Raiders! That's from Keegan out of Vancouver, Washington. And I think everyone pretty much knows Gus Bradley really well. I think everyone could kind of look at film and see what he's done over the past few years. But you're right. There's definitely some wrinkles to be involved. I just, I'm excited about Gus Bradley. I'm excited about Ron Miles. I'm excited about Richard Smith, what they could bring to the table to make the players on the team play fast. It doesn't matter if you understand the scheme and you're an opposing team and you're preparing for the scheme. If these players are out there playing fast, Playing physical, and what did Gus Bradley say? Fast, physical, ball out. Play fast, play physical, and when the ball's in the air, go get it. Get the ball out. If he can get them to play like that, fast, physical, and go look for the ball, I think the Raiders will be okay. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up is a call from my brother, Border Jumper Raider. He's calling for multiple reasons. Uh, one, in respond to JP and Tahoe about my delivery and the way I talk about COVID and being safe. Also, brings up what area of improvement he'd like to see from the Raiders this upcoming season. Here he is, Border Jumper Raider. Cute. Border Jumper Raider. Um, this is a rebuttal back to uh, JP from Tahoe. Uh, JP, I think the elevation's getting to your way of thinking. Um, a lot of us like the way Q delivers. It's authentic. It's original. Um, and another is, um, I don't know how old you are. Um, maybe you were born in 2000. Um, and what it is is that if you back in the day, they'd always say, this is a public service announcement. And that's what Q is doing. It's a public service announcement. He just wants everybody to be safe. All right. And, um, and now on to uh, what I'm hoping to see improvement for the uh, the upcoming season is uh, I like to see uh, the uh, red zone Im- improvement. They're at 50 percent, and I like to see them get up there at a minimum of 65 percent. Um, and on the uh, the Raiders are projected in Las Vegas betting odds to be at. Uh, seven games, seven and a half at best. I'll take that bet, and I'll bet the house. I uh, I know that the Raiders are going to do better than nine games, and I'm hoping that they're going to win 12. All right, Border Jumper Raider out. There he goes. That's my guy, Border Jumper Raider. Thank you for the call. And, you know, a lot of folks hit me up. Let's just go ahead and pull the curtain back. A lot of folks hit me up either by way of Twitter, text message, hit me up on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line about JP's comments. And I'll always say the same thing, man. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. You know, that's why I ask for your opinion. That's why I ask for your feedback. I appreciate it, regardless if I agree with it or not. It's just, it is what it is, you know? And so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Like I said, I do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, JP says he listens to the show all the time. So ultimately that's all that really matters. As far as the red zone goes, you're spot on. That needs to be improved. And I do guarantee you that one thing's for sure, that's going to be an area of emphasis for the team at training camp and throughout the course of the season. I'm sure when someone asks, and it might be me, ask John Gruden about that red zone offense. I know he was asked last year and he got, 
not offended, but he was pretty adamant about, yeah, we're trying to improve it. I think this year with Foster Moreau, I think this year with Brian Edwards, I think this year with obviously Darren Waller, I think Henry Ruggs, I think Hunter Renfro. There's so many, Kenyon Drake, there's so many areas and so many guys that can help out in the red zone. Alec Ingold, I, I just, the offensive line, I think that's going to help as well. I think that you'll see a better, you'll see more production. You'll see more success in the red zone. And that's all that really matters. Next up, I got a text from Raider, And it was so funny. I was looking at this and I said Raider, And it's literally spelled out R-E-F-I-D-G-E-R hyphen Raider. So I thought, man, I think he meant refrigerator, but he forgot to finish the word. And so I said, man, it looks like refrigerator. And then as soon as I said it out loud, I was like, oh, duh, because it does say refrigerator. So yeah, <laughs> here we go. Text from Raider. This will be the last one of the show today. He says, yo, Q, Raider Nation is sleeping on Carl Joseph. I know he's not that dog that you like to see, but he's a leader. You expect Merrick to start at free safety, but he's not quite ready. Joseph has a lot of experience playing that position, but he could also be competition for Abram. I just want to know your thoughts on KJ. That's from Raider. And I'll say this. I think that Carl Joseph and Trayvon Merrick and Jonathan Abram, I think they'll all battle it out in training camp. I don't think that Carl Joseph is a guy that's going to be a starter on the field. I don't think he's going to have Trayvon Merrick coming off the bench. I think Merrick is not going to be said that he's going to be penciled in as a starting free safety day one, but I think he is. I I really, really do. And I know that that can be a little bit dangerous. You saw what happened when the Raiders started Damon Arnett on the island. It didn't work out too well for him. Injuries was one thing, and just not being ready was another but I just don't think Carl Joseph I feel like when even when they signed him I said it on the show I felt like he was a depth piece you know he was a guy that was gonna provide some competition and if Merrick is out there or if uh, Abram is out there and they're not performing and doing what they're supposed to do Gus Bradley has the opportunity to say hey come stand next to me young man and then allow Cujo to get in there but I, I just don't think that he is a, a guy that's going to see a lot of burn early I think he's even going to be some a factor on special teams I just don't see him being a guy that just off of talent alone is going to put Trayvon Merrick or Jonathan Abram on the bench but again that's just me uh, Raider Nation you could always sound out uh, sound off on that as well what do you think of Carl Joseph what do you think his role is going to be in 2021 could he possibly have Trayvon Merrick sitting on the bench because he beat him out in training camp or is he competition for Jonathan Abram? What are your thoughts? 707-654-4693. That's going to do it for today's show. Later on today, I'll be doing Raider Nation Radio 920 in the huddle, still filling in for Vinny Bonsignor. I'll be doing that live from the Raiders facility in Henderson. Excited about that. Then later on in the evening, Darren Waller has his football camp from 7 to 9 p.m. West Coast time. I'll be there as well. And you'll hear some sound from Darren Waller coming up on Friday's show. Of course, you'll get more news and notes of the day and more feedback. Calls and straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Again, 707-654-4693. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, stay safe, do what you got to do, love on your family, take care of your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.